Do you remember the scene in Avengers Endgame when Star-Lord asked Iron Man where is Gomorrah and then he replied who is Gomorrah and then Batista said, you know what, I'm going to give you guys one better, why is Gomorrah? So tonight we're going to be looking at the power of abuse and will be based around those three questions, which is where is abuse and uh, who is abused? And then lastly, we're going to give you one better, which is why is abuse. So stay tuned. You are listening to Baby Daddy SA, the podcast that allows young men to grow, break free of social chains and where women learn about men. My name is Fred the Alchemist. I'm one of the content writers at Baby Daddy SA and I'm sitting down every Friday night at 9 p.m. with people all over the world to discuss some of the personal and socioeconomic issues and how you can live to see another day. So, as you know, over the past few months, we've been under the lockdown due to the pandemic, to the coronavirus pandemic, and this has led to a lot of financial strain onto families, and in return, that has caused a lot of domestic violence, and one might ask, uh, how does financial strain actually cause that? So, one of the contributors to domestic violence is uh, poverty and substance abuse. So what we've seen or what has been argued before is the fact that when men are not working and um, there's this this concept that already exists that men are providers, um, they get to be stressed a lot because the family is dependent on them. They're telling them, you know, father, why are we not eating? Where's the food? You know, and the mother complains, ah, you're such a worthless husband. You're not doing anything. You're not uh, providing for us. You're not protecting us and stuff like that. So um, that's how poverty actually leads to domestic violence. So what is domestic violence? So domestic violence, I will not give the definition of it, but I will tell you exactly what it involves. And the reason behind that is because there's a lot of misconceptions surrounding it, especially amongst women. There is an emotional bias that they put when they are defining domestic abuse and i think uh, some of the things that needs to be resolved so uh, domestic violence involves a physical emotional and psychological violence and um, the reason behind any domestic uh, violence or abuse is to do one of two things number one is that is to humiliate the person and secondly is to have control over them so from this, the theme that I get from humiliation and uh, control is uh, inferiority. Basically, you want the person to seem small, to look small. And yeah, that is that. So why or where is the um, the misconception that women have when it comes to defining you know, domestic violence? It's based on a single word, which is physical abuse. Every time a woman describes domestic abuse they will always say is when a man physically when a man physically abuse um you know 
their wife, spouse, children, etc., etc. But that's not the case. Domestic uh, abuse involves three things, and that is physical, emotional, and psychological abuse. And I say this because it's very important, and it reflects one of the things that we spoke about on the previous episode, which is responsibility and how all the genders don't want to take responsibility. Now, listen to this. Let me start with men because they are the most accused so that we can understand the psychology of, you know, the perpetrator or the perpetuator of of abuse. Men who abuse women have been found to be emotionally dependent, insecure and have a low self-esteem. They are less able to control impulses. They are prone to depression and they have a high score. You know, when it comes to personality disorders such as antisocial, being aggressive and borderline behaviors when looking at the <clears throat> DSM-5. So what does this mean? It means that men, you know, at some point in their life, they have um, come across some kind of abuse and this causes a vicious cycle. And it leads to a, a, th- a theory that was uh, published in 1969 by Paul which is called the Child Parent Attachment Theory and has been proven to be actually accurate over the past years. It argues that parents play a big role in the child's social development and emotional development, right? And I think we all can understand how our parents actually play a role in our development, but none of us ever took the chance or the time to actually understand, you know, the, the extent at which emotional development is highly um, dependent uh, on our parents and this can be measured you know by the abuse rates so to say So from the abuse rates it can be easily be concluded that about 80% of the men young men or children that experience uh, a household that is abusive they tend also to gravitate towards being in a relationship whereby they're going to be abusers or they're going to be victims you know of um, being abused so it's very important that we understand the engagement and the relationship between um, kids and their parents but this also leads to um, one of an one of the arguments that is really difficult to intercept because it becomes a dog chasing a tail or what uh, comes first between the egg and the chicken and the reason i'm saying that is because some people will say now okay since now we understand the psychology of you know the mind of the abuser does this mean that we should not um, blame the perpetrators and we should not hold them accountable that is not what i'm saying but understanding the perpetrators means that you can now understand that anger is not the cause of domestic violence but the background is the cause how a person was raised the type of environment they grew up in are the main contributors to um to domestic violence uh having a low self-esteem um you know um having emotional dependency on to your partner those are the main causes instead of saying that anger is the main cause and research has shown that anger is actually not you know the the first thing that happens before an abuse but it's actually the last thing that happens before it's the initial stage of physical abuse but not the beginning stages of abuse which is 
mostly emotional so let's move on to the second point uh, which is uh, let's talk about the mind or the psychology of the abuse so they also come from similar background whereby they have been psychologically abused and one way or the other or emotionally abused or physically abused this is very important guys to understand because it's very deep deeper than we thought because most of the time when we think about this we only think about the superficial of it what we see is what we believe but this actually um wants us to think deeper onto it so uh, most women who find themselves in this type of relationships either have low self-esteem um, depression and anxiety but one of the most important things that i want to talk about is uh, shame the reason most women um, stay in these relationships is because of shame and 670 women were interviewed and they all said that you know it was shame that kept them in those relationships number one the shame that people would say that why did you stay in such a relationship for so long didn't you see that this person was like this from the beginning you know uh, you're always making the wrong choices um, you could have done better etc etc so it is that shame that they are made to feel stupid uh, that they are made to feel small that leads to leads them to stay in that relationship and I think as human beings one of the most important things that we should practice is empathy empathy is very important so that when we are dealing with people that are um, facing or that are experiencing domestic violence we should have empathy towards them the way we speak the way we address them instead of um, saying things that might make them feel small even though sometimes we want to be frank with them and tell them exactly how it is but we also have to understand the psychology or the mind that they have uh, at that state so now let's look at what the feminists have to say about this feminism and violence so there's a hegemonic uh, feminist theory theories that are based on two principles number one is that there exists the violence against women that is gender based and secondly that um, violence can be separated to other forms um, this basically means that um, women can be not women but violence can exist without uh, the concept of it being grouped under gender-based violence meaning that something happens to a man or the female they fight and it's not because it's gender-based but because there was a conflict of some sort and then the first premise we say they exist violence against women that is gender-based is the one that i am going to discuss right now so uh, this says that at the end there is no place for women to resist or to use violence therefore all women become or are victims of violence of course um, the vice versa is thought to be true by most people which says that there is no place for men to contest or suffer violence uh, therefore all men are seen as abusers this has been seen in South Africa a lot whereby a man goes to a police station and say that I'm being uh, violated I'm being um, suffering for violence and the police will say you are a man you know you're not supposed to contest the violence you're not supposed to you know suffer violence therefore you must find a way to work around that and your case is not taken seriously uh, these premise lead to a conclusion that um, there is no place for or to analyze any type of violence since all violence uh, that women suffer is patriarchal so feminist theory derives you know it's really funny uh, there are feminist theories derive that women live in a world that is patriarchal 
basically so a world where there is no equality between the male and the female there is domination subordination exploitation of women and that is it but um Bro Miller comes and says that, you know, these theories are heavily sedated by traditional sex stereotypes. And the reason behind that is because there's this indoctrination that says that men are naturally predators and women by nature and at heart are either dangerous creatures or you know, willing subjects. This is ludicrous. I do not believe this. And this is one of the reasons I believe that the feminist movements will fail to address gender-based violence. They will also fail to address domestic violence because the moment that you divided, you know, the genders into saying, okay, this gender is wrong, Basically, it means that you are subscribing to traditional sex stereotypes because now you want to prove a point that the other gender might be actually stronger with that the other gender. And you have to understand the concept of life, the duality whereby there's negative and a positive, and there has to be the balance between the two. Not that I'm saying that there is a balance at this moment, but I'm saying that we have to understand that. And also another point that we should consider is that what about the brothers, like the soft brothers that are out there, the brothers that are in touch with their emotion and feelings and feelings, you know what I mean. What about the hardcore woman, woman who play extreme sport that other men don't even dare to look at what about the lgbtq aip plus group are we considering them i don't think the feminist movements are actually considering that so now what we're going to do is that we're going to get our stakeholder analysis um we're going to listen to amanda kazi and she's going to tell us a little bit uh what's her thought on abuse and um gender-based violence and domestic abuse yeah What does it mean to grow up in a country with a stigma that is called rape capital? Currently, Interpol has rated South Africa as rape capital. That means it's the number one country when it comes to the entire world with the most rape cases. It's appalling when you actually reach down and you it's been narrowed down to a research it's really appalling you mean and you know um but not really surprising when when you grow up in in an environment or a community where violence where rape with abuse is is normalized it's a normal thing nobody budges in to your neighbor's problems nobody stops him when he's hitting you nobody stops her when he's when she's being abusive it's just the entire culture of that community so when does it at what point does it strike you would say this is wrong the entitlement has got to stop at some point it has to stop so are we going to listen or are we going to be defensive you know in south africa currently over 60 percent of men are deadbeats by stats essay and that means that over 60 
50% of the entire population of men are not raising their children, are not supporting their children financially. That's one social issue that leads to another social issue. The fact that women handle abuse at the hands of men. Men handle abuse at the hands of women. And either of them, neither of them are both okay. It has got to stop at some point. But when do we stop? When do we stop? And it's dangerous by the fact that it's not just men who hit women that are dangerous. It's not just women who hit men that are dangerous. But it's the friends we keep around that enable this culture. It's the friends that we keep around that hide for you. And they, they, they dis- dis- disguise it under the bro code. We disguise it as it's none of my business. Yet the violence continues day by day how many cases do we have to read how many cases do we have to cry about how many cases do we really really gonna have to live out through for this country to really take femicide as something that is dangerous to take abuse as something that is dangerous to take rape as something that is dangerous and violent towards another human being At what point is it okay for us to be okay with this kind of society that we live with? We live with. It's not okay. And it starts with us talking. Talking about normalizing having these chats. Because the difficult chats are the ones that are going to save us. The difficult ones are the most productive, are the ones that are going to yield us the results that we need in order to be progressive in society. So we need to stop protecting our friends. We need to speak up when we are in difficult situations or in compromised situations. We need to call out this behavior in our friends, in our community, in our churches, in our places of work and places of study. We need to call it out. It's not okay. It's not okay for women to live in an anxious world, to live in a place where they can't breathe, you know? And it's not okay for them to fall in love with someone who's going to murder, murder them or is going to uh, uh, beat them or rape them. And we, stop, we have to stop normalizing blaming her. Blaming her for, for not leaving the relationship. When women get killed for staying. Women get killed for leaving. Women can call, get, get killed for being silent. They get killed for not being silent we really have a huge problem and we need to do our bit by not perpetrating this violence i don't know about you but me i am not going to keep quiet i am going to use my voice and speak out so much for that so now um let's look at uh, the solutions that might work you know for 
for for gender-based violence, for domestic abuse, since now you understand that this is not about anger, but it's something that is way more and is psychological. So we want to look at four things. We want to look at the relationship assessment scale, whereby you're looking at your intimate relationship and you want to scale from one to ten, saying that is this relationship good or is this relationship bad? And uh, how many times you think about leaving this relationship? If it's above seven, then you might be in a wrong relationship because most of the time, you know, when things start up, they start emotionally, psychologically. You start, you know, uh, arguing with your partner, emotionally abusing each other before it gets to the physical stage, uh, before it gets to the angry part, before it gets to the initial part. So we have to understand that if you can scale your relationship and you can say that, you know, it's a seven, consider leaving that relationship. Number two, you want to have a social support scale. Uh, you're looking at the support teams that you have in your life. Most of the time for women that are abused, family are usually, you know, the go-to whenever they have issues. But over the past few years, it has changed because once a person has been um, uh, lowballed, <laughs> Once a person has been lobbled, it becomes difficult for them to go home because they say, you know what, you've been lobbled, so you cannot go home. And this has been similar also in arranged marriages in India and also in other countries whereby they practice um, arranged marriages. Number three is that we want to look at the state trade anger expression inventory, which is taxi. Um, this means that, number one, you want to study the way you experience anger followed by the expression of anger, how you express yourself when you're angry. So it's very important that you understand this as an individual because, you know, emotional intelligence is a huge thing and plays a big role in relationships. As a guy, I suggest that you do this. It's very important because you want to know how you respond um, in a relationship when you are angry. If you have bad tendencies or bad behaviors whereby you get physical Please do not, you know, get physical with your partner. Try to get physical with something else. Punch your pillow, stuff like that. So number four, we want to look at evaluation of belief skills, the EBS. So you want to evaluate are you worthless, your worthlessness, your unlovability, your helplessness, your weakness, your badness, your failure and inferiority. The reason behind that is because most of the people that are stuck in this type of relationships, most of them think that they are worthless worthless uh, without their partner uh, the abuser they are unlovable no one is going to love them better compared to the person that they are currently with uh, they are helpless no one can help them at this stage they are weak no one's going to be able they cannot help themselves you know and also no one can help them you know they are bad they deserve what's happening to them which is never accurate they are failure and they are inferior so if you can scale yourself on you know how much of this affects you how much uh, you're drawn to these type of things how much you feel uh, yourself to be worthlessness and you work on those things you will not suffer from um, such relationships and that concludes basically what um our topic was about today i hope you guys enjoyed as much as i enjoyed i tried to you know speak a little bit faster because of time i will just try to make the podcast to be about 13 minutes tops but yeah today it seems to have went 
a little bit further but i hope that you learned a lot and i hope that you practice here the four things which is relationship assessment skill social support skill uh state uh trait uh anger state trait anger expression and inventory and then after that we have our evaluation belief systems peace and love by the way uh don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms on instagram it's at baby daddy sa on our facebook page it's also baby daddy sa hashtag uh say something hashtag no more abuse peace and love